Good afternoon. It's five o'clock on a Tuesday in England, and my guest this week on What Comes Next Live is Catherine Chapman, a photographer with a particular beautiful and powerful angle on portraiture, which she calls face to face, which honestly has completely blown me away. And I'll probably ask her at the end of this, this is the first time we've met. Um, we will move in some of the same circles in different different orbits, uh, but I may well ask her, when can you fit me in and when can I be a client? Because I've been really blown away by it. Um, our show each week is about what comes next in whatever context the guest wants. My my overarching theme is all around leadership. And of course, that always starts with self-knowledge and self-leadership. So that's me perhaps framing things too much. And with that, I will hand over to my guest to say a little bit about herself and to muse on our theme. Good afternoon, Catherine. Pleasure to have you. Hi, Tom. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for asking me to do this. It's, it's a real pleasure. Um, so as you um, so nice to introduce me. Bless you. Um, I'm a photographer, portrait, portrait photographer based in Surrey in the UK. And I do work I, I take photographs of people for their mental health for improved mental health and well-being and I do that through a variety of I've got two main processes that I use and I'm actually my what next if I jump straight in there is I'm about to launch um, a new product in April so I have a third product but but my kind of flag, flagship product is is face-to-face um, what, what you've mentioned and I photograph women telling their story in a safe, non-judgmental place, and I use the images as a tool for reflecting back to them all the amazing things that they are, um, so they can see their strength and resilience and bravery and courage and beauty. And it's a very powerful process, which I devised from my own journey with depression and anxiety. And I spent 25 years in and out of talking therapy, and it, it didn't really work for me for so I'm still trying to work out why. I think I don't know. Anyway, I won't go. <laughs> I won't try and work that out on this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it. I. I decided I wanted to do uh, a self-portrait shoot. I had this idea uh, coming to the end of uh, of some therapy. I wanted to to photograph myself, look myself in the eye, hmm. sit with my most difficult emotions, and photograph what was there. And um, it was an incredibly powerful process that I went through and I was astonished to to find that I didn't hate my images I in fact I felt really sorry for the woman looking back at me and um it was the start of self-care and self-love and compassion that I'd never had in my entire life and it was quite extraordinary but you know six months after that I was feeling consistently good I was looking after myself I could I could see the pain in these pictures and uh I was processing what I was seeing and I basically, through the images, recovered from lifelong depression and anxiety. And, and I was quite astonished. And from that, then I thought, oh, is this something I can offer other women? And it went from there, really. And so that that's one of the things I do. It's been really successful. I piloted it in 2019 and I had incredible results, much, much better than I could ever have hoped for. And so it's, it's now basically all I want to do. And on, on the on the back of uh, the face to face process, I also do something called a freedom shoot. So six months, right. which was from my journey as well, uh, six months after my 
face to face shoot, I decided I wanted to celebrate how how mm. great I felt. And so I did another self portrait and I'm going to show you an image because I've got them on my wall. So I bought a, I bought a parachute off the Internet and cut a hole in it, did a really bad job of some of making it into a frock. And I stood on the side of a windy hill. Hmm. And that was a self portrait. I had it under my toe. I was I was doing the it's gorgeous. And, and for the <laughs> it, later when this goes up as a podcast, because most of our audience are podcasters. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's perfect because on the page on the site for Catherine Chapman will always be the YouTube, this YouTube conversation. So if they want to look at it, if they want to look at anything visual, because it, it is quite surreal. The you know, one of the things you're talking about is experiencing something through visuals. Mm. Right. I mean, so. it just does what what conversation doesn't, mm. and and the what it gives you is objectivity, slight objectivity. So those vital inches between what's going on in your head and and your screen or or your or your print picture, what you're looking at, it is just enough space to give you objectivity to look at yourself mm. from from a perspective. Uh, a slightly removed perspective it's the objectivity that allows you to see yourself as somebody who deserves compassion hmm. and that's very powerful and for for those people who find that really difficult who who struggle with self-love hmm. who hate themselves basically i mean i hated myself hmm. uh, and and now i don't which i find still find extraordinary it, it's those few inches that you that, that make all the difference and and isn't it often the way that the smallest thing can make the biggest difference absolutely so so having yes i've seen on your instagram the most visual of social media um the freedom shoots and i think uh, the face-to-face -face and i think some of the freedom shoots and i think that come now What's the new? So you you need to tell me now. What's the new new offering? Well, the freedom shoots and of course the face to face. They're quite immersive processes. So it's all about mm -hmm. getting in touch with how you're feeling and and using that mm -hmm. in 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 the shoot. And cre the creative shoots are are. I kind of step back from that. So it's an opportunity to have something have a have a shoot that's very styled and creative and fine arty, mm -hmm. but not stepping into the realms of using your emotions. And, and mm -hmm. you know, some people, I think, would find that uncomfortable. So um, it, it's, it's a it's a it's a less scary thing, I suppose. Mm -hmm. It's a less putting yourself out there um, mm -hmm. shoot. And it's, it's a chance to express yourself and have have that freedom of expression but but not really going too deep into it sorry that's my dog <laughs> hello dog <laughs> i knew that was gonna happen <laughs> well our this is our reality right they're different flexible um work, i call it wfa work from anywhere yes <laughs> um, it's what's coming to mind to me was I have three sons and I won't name them and I won't name the specific one of three. But one of the things that their mother used to um, insist we do every year, which I thought was a bit daft back then because I wasn't really in touch with myself 25 years ago, 
um, was in the classic annual Christmas family photo shoot. Yeah. And one of those kids, as I believe talking to photographers is quite common when they're one to three years old in particular, wouldn't insert expletive here, smile. <laughs> wouldn't look at the camera, wouldn't do any of this. And there is an amazing photographer um, in the Cayman Islands called Rebecca Davidson, who is now one of the world's top wedding photographers. And she started out when she was much younger. She's roughly the same age as me. So she was doing this in her 20s. And she just had this incredible ability to not so much the element, it was partly the element of getting the kids' attention and look at the camera kind of thing. And, and doing all kinds of daft stuff to get their attention as you do with like young children on portrait shoots. But it was the fact that she was able to capture not just that one. Um, and if I said how many people were in the picture at that time, you'd be giving away the age of the, the which one was the, the troublesome one. But let's say it was a few people. And, um, but you'd look at those and you go, that's so him. So there's, there's something about. The, I'm fascinated by this process you've described because there's something about the ability to see and the ability to see the, the subject. Um, and just thinking about Rebecca, she, she then went, she really mastered this over years and years of doing her, putting her time into these generic studio portrait shoots. And then she took them outside because it was a warm climate. And then she got into weddings and then she came up with, I mean, you know, she was probably one of the very first people to do a concept called trash the dress. Oh yeah. yeah. Where they do it in the warm weather and they'd literally jump off a dock into the sea in the wedding dress after all, once the, normally the couple will be taken away to do pictures and this kind of thing. And they, and they'd just do this. And she did all this incredibly creative stuff, but it was really just all a way to, to get them to let down the formality and, and see inside. Um, Mm. And there, there is the, I had a cousin who got married about 15 years ago and uh, father, my, my uncle was very traditional and he had an old school film camera and he was the photographer for the wedding. And we're talking, I don't know, 50, roughly 15 years ago and, um, early days of, you know, there was digital cameras and phones and stuff, but not proper smartphones with cameras. But I realized he was going through the shop list that they used to, people used to do when they had just fused film cameras. I've got to get this shot, this shot, this shot. And I went, I'm going to go out with my decent quality digital SLR and I'm going to take loads and loads of shots of the audience. And my present to my cousin is going to be all of the candid stuff I managed to capture. Nice. And in that I managed to augment her wedding album, but I'm okay at that stuff, but there's the good to great to world class piece. And I'm just seeing whether it's done through, I mean, I, my primary thing is coaching, right? Which is observing, paying really close attention. Uh, our mutual friend, Kay Scora, past guest on the show, often calls herself the witch of noticing. Um, <laughs> but she just notices she's a brilliant coach and facilitator. Mm. Um, but this is that level of seeing what, seeing what's really inside. And that's yeah. what I feel I observed in those photo shoots you've done for people. Amazing. I'm, the bit I'm blown away with, and it's sometimes anxiety can come from trying to rationalize stuff, at least in my more limited experience of anxiety, but real experience. Um, but how on earth could you turn the, know when to click the shutter when you were the subject? <laughs> oh, I've not been asked that before. Um, 
So with my face to face shoot, I was still. So Hmm. I was just pressing uh, a little device. Hmm. When I when I was doing my freedom shoot. I don't I I think because I was moving as well and I I I was doing a breathing movement thing so there was a certain point in in that process that I wanted to capture hmm. and 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 so it, there was that was about being in in touch with my body and and what I was doing and knowing when to press the button but of course because I was doing a lot of it with my toe I I kept missing um, so there's a certain amount of frustration and perseverance that had to go on. Um, and then also, I, I, I'm also aware of just to keep shooting, even mm. when I'm not doing anything, because there is always magic there mm. that we don't notice and we don't see. And particularly if, if, if I'm taking pictures of myself, um, that I have no idea what, what's go- really, you know, what's going on. I can't see how I can have an idea of what it's lo- what it looks like, but I don't actually know until. I see it. So um, I suppose, I mean, it's it, it's it's a it's a bit of creating a boundary and then improvising within it and hmm. using my intuition. And I, I think I do that with my clients. That And that's about the, the know, knowing the moments to take the pictures with my clients is directly related to how much I know myself. Hmm. And how in touch I am with my own nuances and my own emotions and to to see that I suppose when I see that reflected in my clients or when I get to know them and what what makes them tick Mm. and creating that safe space that they can be who they are um with me and, and allowing them that space to be as well. So there's there, there, there's there, there, there's the intuition with the timing of taking the shot, and also giving them space just to be and and silence and quiet and and you know allowing things to just unfold naturally. I I had to get a pen and paper out there. That was the, <laughs> me looking away and the noise in the background because I've learned. In my process that when I handwrite something I remember it do you all right when I handwrite it not if I type it mm. so with my clients I take all my notes always handwritten wow and, and I just throw them in a folder and I always have that folder whenever I talk to them next but I rarely ever have to refer to it because the recall is wrong and you just you said create boundaries then improvise Yes, there's something I love that juxtaposition of 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 creating the safe space and having those boundaries as ultimate boundaries, which then gives you the freedom to create, mm. co-create. And 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 I'm always fascinated in the, how the boundaries is, you know, they're different with every person that, that mm. I work with. They're, they're not and they are. I mean, it's so kind of nuanced and detailed. But then within that then you just can let go because you know you're safe and I know my client feels safe and I and I feel safe with them as well and then you it, it's so so much of a partnership and an alliance it's a it's a really beautiful process uh, I'm listening and I normally 100% listen but only about 90% because I'm going it's still the phrase is still spinning around in my head create boundaries and improvise 
And um, I, I feel bound to riff for a minute on this. And one of my early guests is a dear friend of mine, Chris Vanderkyle. So I think you're guest number 38 on the show. Um, and it's on a roll. And um, he has done a lot of business. He's a businessman right? and very, very creative. And um, one of the things he talked about with me was um, the role of a chief risk officer on a board of directors. And he says their role is they, sometimes they think their role is to make sure people don't take risks. He says, actually, that's not their role at all. And I'm paraphrasing. Their role is to enable people to take risks. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And um, he talked about education and it said, no, what would you do to change education? It says, I would have the school inspectors measure the individual teachers and measure the schools on a metric of each teacher must take a career risk every year. Nice. All right. And, and, and the boundary piece is, you know, he went on to say, it's, look, these are professionals. They're never going to endanger the children physically, emotionally, mentally. But they need to do something that they might have in their mind that I'm not allowed to do this. I don't have permission to do this, etc. But actually, you flip it the other way. It says we're never going to grow and learn and change if we don't do something a little bit stretchy, a little bit scary, a little bit risky. Mm, and, it says, yeah. and, he, and he said, um, it even quite foul voices. If um, if it doesn't work, if it works, tell everybody and we learn from it. If it doesn't work, tell everybody what we learn from it. Yeah. Right. See, I, I, I love that. I love doing what people think that I shouldn't or one shouldn't do. So mm-hmm. I like putting things together that shouldn't go together or, mm-hmm. or doing the opposite. Funnily enough, a bit like someone we know doing the opposite of, of what, what we think we should do. Um, do, do you do wonky stuff occasionally? <laughs> I don't ever call it wonky. No, that 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 that's uh, that's no. someone else's bag. Um, but I we shall remain unnamed on this. <laughs> but a past guest whose initials are SC. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's in global headquarters in the shed at the bottom of the garden. Yes, yes, <laughs> bless him. Uh, so I I I love that, and actually, you know, it it was it was Steve who planted that idea of. Doing the opposite of what of of what we feel is the right thing to do, and removing those shoulds, and and approaching with curiosity and wonder, you know, that childlike wonder. I mean, what if? What if? And I'm I'm such a believer in having an idea and then working out how to do it. I'm not a can't person. I hate that. It 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 just makes me want to do it more. <laughs> I so have if someone a, says to me, don't do something, then I'll just go away and do it massively. So I'm, I'm hugely visual. However, my metier is language, right? I write and I use language a lot. And, um, I have a good friend called Travis Carson in Arizona and he talks about people who should all over everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I have another friend in Leatherhead in Surrey and he talk, he looks a bit like a nightclub bouncer. Um, but that's a bit of a front, right? His name's Frank Basto, and he wrote a book, and you just have to pronounce this, not in the posh accent I'm going to use, but in more of a sort of South of London accent. Don't be a cunt. <laughs> so, 
don't shoot all over people and don't be a cunt. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm going to use that in future conversation. It's a great, it's a cracking book if you ever want to pick it up on Amazon. Don't be a cunt by Frank Basto. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, removing the shoulds, you said. And um, I think that's, it, it's in all the talk that we have in the world around complete freedom. Everyone wants to be free. All, you know, people don't want COVID restrictions, etc. Um Creating boundaries, having freedom within within boundaries uh, or enabling constraints and creative constraints and all of these things. Right. Um, are great. But I just particularly love your language. It takes another level of freedom uh, to say improvise because you've got complete freedom to go anywhere within yeah. safe, safely created boundary because you're the photographer. You're going to hold the subject. And know that it's complete, you know, they are, you've created that boundary in which they can completely improvise. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's really, really cool. And uh, to do that in a form, you know, there's all this talk about diversity and to do that in a form of communication, which is not the reading, writing, arithmetic schooling that we all grew up with. And, you know, there's a very good friend of Kay's that, um, is a dancer who's profoundly dyslexic and she communicates her big thoughts through movement and you know mm. what it works. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and actually I mean, photography is, is, is the way that I make sense of my world and uh, it never ceases to amaze me. And, and, it, and it's always the thing I come back to. So if I'm stuck, then I'll, I'll take my camera out and, and go and photograph something. And um, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to shoehorn in something that I'm doing now from that, actually, is, is last year during the first lockdown, I made sense of it by taking my camera out, taking my macro lens out and getting to know nature in a, in a different way. And I'd take it out every day when I was taking the dog for a walk and and. That really helped me make sense of, of what was going and get going on, gave me something to focus on, gave me purpose mm -hmm. dur during the lockdown. And, um, I've launched something this, this month called What Now? And I'm basically asking people to make sense of how they're feeling now mm. through photography. So I'm asking people what their what now is, what's important to them now and why and how they might express that through photography from what I did last year and how much that me that made sense to me was was to, to to look at the world differently or to express myself through photography I found I experienced pandemic burnout a few weeks ago that hit me really hard mm. and I brought myself back through photography and making sense of what I was feeling and what I needed so I'm asking I'm asking people now to think about with everything that they've learned over the past hmm. year, what they've learned about themselves. And the, just, and just right now, as in yeah, you the right beauty now? is, 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 you know, yours is what next? My mine's what now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think I'll also just share that, you know, we both live in the UK or in Eng let's be specific England because England has its own rules. Um, and you know, it's a year of this and all of those things. And a few weeks ago was the, for me, February 27th was the last time I saw my sons, right? Mm. Last year. 
right? So that hit me. And then all of this. And so, yeah, the, the, the pandemic burnout hit me and I suddenly felt terrible, mm-hmm. like really down for a couple of days in a way I've not felt for years and years and years. And I thought I had the self-awareness to know I need to do something and it doesn't involve doing more of what I'm doing. Mm. So I don't normally do manual labor in the garden, but I went and bloody dug something and did some heavy lifting for about three hours. And that just, I could feel everything lifting, you know? So I had that malaise, that sort of depressed malaise where I didn't want to get off the sofa and that helped. But I think I just wanted to share that because there might be people listening going, yeah, I'm feeling that now, or I felt that a few weeks ago. And the, the, the phrase that came to me around the macros, you know, there's a period of time the first month where we didn't even want to leave our own garden, right? You know, so in that macro lens, there might be some people who don't do photography, don't know that's a, a mega close-up lens, right? And so, you know, you could see the world and grain of sand in your own house or in your own garden and see in a different aspect. And, yeah, very cool. But the what now could be any kind of photography, right? So I think it's a very abundant, yeah, yeah. abundant thing you're doing. So that, I think that's really Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. And am I just, you know, just interested in in how people are feeling and how they might express that and what what it, you know, what what does their what now look like? You know, mine is very much about space and stopping and noticing and mm-hmm. macroing up, you know, noticing the small stuff mm-hmm. and be appreciating the little things to help me cope with the big things um getting that kind of balance but i'm fascinated to find out how other people what other people are, are, are looking to do when you know and i and i love the question because what now incorporates what has been mm-hmm. what's going on at the moment and what what mm-hmm. we want for the future um it it it, it encompasses all those things so i'm really excited to see what people will create it's very cool and you my work broadly my my professional work with clients is incredibly similar to what you're looking at you have to if you want people to really be brave and move forwards to whatever comes next they need to have that boundary in which they can feel safe and and then play and explore and look at different things um and one of the critical things I always talk to people about is where are you now? How are you showing up? Mm. Right. If you're, if you're out in the future, um, and you're particularly if you're leading other people, it's, you know, there's, there's no one near as much power as if somebody shows up completely aligned within themselves and able to be fully, fully and immersively present in every small moment. That's what I say to my clients, but not not as eloquently as that. I ask them to to, to come as they are mm-hmm. and, and without expectation of who they feel they should be um, on, on that day. I, I have no expectation of how they're going to be, because however they be, however they are, we'll work with that. And I think people we don't offer that opportunity for people mm-hmm. we don't say just 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 bring yourself what, whatever's going on for you is is good and is welcome and is valid and I, and I want it here and because people always stick a different hat on don't they or think well I, I'm going you know going here I should dress like this or be like this and, and actually no we do away all of that all of what society says we should be and let's just step into who we are amazing process um and there's a there is a concept called the mask game 
um, which is really well developed. There, I've just realized that <laughs> your husband does something called that or did not yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Um, much a very, very, his is a very cool process, but this is a, a like a multi day immersive, you know, lots of tears before bedtime kind of process because we do all wear masks all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the ability to shed them in front of a photographer with a lens there to capture whatever is present. It's very, very powerful. So, mm. um, it's always I, such an honor, you know, when, mm, when, mm. when when people, you know, my job is is to make my clients feel safe to d- to do that, and when they do, it's such an honour mm. to be able to see people drop their guard and be who they are, be real, mm. you know. And there's often tears and you know big emotions going on that they don't often have the opportunity to express. I've been before we close. I've been bursting to pop out an idea. <laughs> which is to do both shoots back to back on the same day. I think that's a lot to ask a client. It's a lot to ask a client. Just a, it's just an idea that I was having mulling over mm. what would the energetic state shift need to be for that to feel valuable and authentic and it might yeah you're right it can be very very i, I think the energetic shift is a good night's sleep <laughs> i if somebody said it came to me and said i want to do both on one day i'd go no no really no <laughs> i think i think that's knowing the process like i do yeah. and 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 how it works and how powerful it is and and the, the space that i create for my clients that I ask them to go into within themselves. I mean, they don't express anything that they aren't ready to, but Mm -hmm. it's an exhausting process. Both of them are exhausting for different reasons. I was, I was improvising within the, I mean, you've really, you've really got me thinking about, I mean, you know, there, there was me going, no, and actually, you know, perhaps I should spin that around and, and think about how, how could I do that? Or how can I do something similar? I do, I do do, uh, something that, that starts with photographing your inner critic in the morning hmm. and then doing a freedom shoot in the afternoon. And I've done it with one hmm. lady and that was incredible. That's doable, but I think face to face. It's then, much deeper. Yeah. Uh, we, well, we're playing. We're, yeah. we're improvising. But right? I wonder what that might look like. <laughs> yeah. That, that was all. So, um, I want to honor your time. Um, and we chatted, talked for half an hour and it's been really amazing i do write every day so i will be writing a blog called create boundaries and improvise very soon amazing (laughs) i write to develop my thoughts so i don't actually know what i'm going to write other than i will be saying it's inspired by talking to you oh um i where do we where can we find you and then i will allow you to have the final word so you can find me instagram linkedin Facebook at Catherine Chapman Photography. And that's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N Chapman. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What's your closing thought from this space we created and improvised in? My closing thought is what now? Perfect. It's been an absolute pleasure, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.